Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series, Chambers, with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message he's entitled, A Pure Heart. Enjoy this message. Are you glad you're in the house of God today? I said, are you glad you're in the house of God today? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. We appreciate everyone being here this morning. We appreciate those that are watching online today. And we just pray that God's going to minister today. And uh, we've been talking about chambers. And we're talking about the chambers of the heart, right? And God's examining our heart. Say heart. God's examining our hearts today. And I'm not going to be talking about broken hearts, especially if you're a UCLA fan. So I won't be talking about that. And we do have extra tissue for the Raider fans later on. Uh, but that's another story. Their hearts will be broken as well. But to, anyway, today, though, I'm going to be talking out of Matthew at chapter 5. I just thought I had to say that. I have the, I have the mic so I can say what I want to say. So uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. I know there's a few Raider fans that are out today. And uh, we pray for them. But uh, we're going to be talking about a pure heart. Say pure heart. And I'm going to be talking about how our heart uh, not only needs to be pure personally, uh, but our keeping our hearts pure or our family's heart pure and uh, the atmosphere that your family's in and the family that you have, whether they're young or teenagers, how do we keep their hearts pure and what kind of atmosphere are we setting as the family? Uh, because many times our family can look clean on the outside but on the inside, there can be some things that are pretty bad, right? So let me, uh, let me pray, and then uh, let me read a scripture here. I'm going to use the Beatitude, one of the Beatitudes of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. And the Beatitudes is attitudes and a conduct of how we're supposed to live our lives. When Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, shared the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about the Beatitudes. And one of them is in Matthew chapter 5 verse number eight and it says blessed are the pure in heart for what they will see god i'm gonna read it again blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god so let's pray father we thank you today for the holy spirit we thank you for your grace we thank you god today that uh, you're here and lord that your word applies to our lives even in 2021 that god everything that the word of god says God applies to us. So I pray that you would open our hearts. You'd open our mind. You'd open our spirit to the word of God. And Father, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If I declare your word, let the people hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So this morning, I'm going to talk about a pure heart. And it's going to be, it's, I'm going to be a little hard today. Is that all right? And you're going to get... I'm going to step on some toes today. I know that. But uh, I'm going to kind of ease in on it. Can I do that today? I'm going to kind of ease you in on it and as we get in here. Because when we talk about a pure heart, there's so many things that we could talk about. But I'm going to ask you a question, kind of an odd question. Has anyone here ever been robbed? Has anybody ever robbed you, stole from you, and uh, robbed you somehow or took something from you? And uh, I, I, used, I grew up in South Los Angeles, South L.A., and I was robbed quite a few times. Uh, people took my money and took things from us. In fact, uh, I remember uh, growing up, 
uh, we, in our home, we, didn't, we had a washer, but we didn't have a dryer. So we had to dry our clothes on a clothesline on the side of the house. And oftentimes, we had our shirts missing. We had our pants missing. My brother's here. They had socks missing. I guess people were sniffing with socks. They were doing that and all of that stuff. Uh, back then, uh, back in the 70s, people would just steal our clothes right off the clothesline. So I experienced that. We had our bike stolen. Uh, we had two stolen from the uh, two shed and all that. And I, I also remember uh, walking down the street with my mom when I was around five years old. True story. And uh, this guy snatched my mom's purse and ran, and we never caught that guy. And so it's still a vivid memory of being robbed. And then uh, about, I would say about 18 years ago, oh, actually about 19 years ago, we've, when we first were about to move into Norwalk, uh, we went into the restaurant there, which is uh, Rosewood Restaurant, but it's not Rosewood. It wasn't Rosewood then. I think it was Carol's. And we went in to have dinner. We were just ready to purchase a house there in Norwalk, excuse me, and we went to eat afterwards and we sat down and these two guys came in and they had hoodies on, uh, they had the handkerchiefs around, now it's not strange, but they actually had handkerchiefs around them and, 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 I, and I seen something silver in their hand and it was, they both had guns. And at first I thought, man, is this like a drama or something? You know, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't picture it, but you realize, no, this is a... These guys are robbing. I remember one guy put his, his gun up to the, uh, one of the guys that was serving there and uh, put it up to his head. He said, open the cash register. And then the other guy ran down the tables that were there and took our money. And, and, my, and my kids were there, and my wife was trying to put the kids under the table. Yeah, it's a true story, guys. And so I know what it is to be robbed. But you know one thing that you think about when you're getting robbed and and people are taking your money, you don't really think about the money. You're thinking about your, your family. You're thinking about protecting your children. You're thinking about protecting your kids. And I, back then, our kids were really small. And, and then they wanted, to, you know, they wanted to see what was going on. We're trying to keep them, especially Isaiah. He wanted to see everything. We're trying to keep him like, what's going on? You know, they keep your head down. You know? So we, we, we begin to look at that. And I begin to think about that, how often... That, you know, we're trying to protect our children. And from that, from that point on, I got MMA training, believe it or not. These hands are like weapons, believe it or not. I can take on about eight guys at one time. They're registered with the county, public uh, safety. No, I'm just joking. I wish I could say that. Yeah, I went into training after. I became like a man of steel, you know. I was like, yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen. Usually... When uh, there's noise around the house, uh, you know, my wife's the first one to get up. You know, how many, your wife's first one, you know, I, I'm usually scared. I mean, sleeping, I'm sleeping. I don't, don't get up. And, and my wife, there's something about moms, though, man. They want to take care of their children. Uh, they're like that, that mama bear instinct, you know. And I'll cut you. You don't touch my kid. You know, they're, they're, all of a sudden, you can be a nice mom, but you touch your children or you say something, man, all of, they're mean, man. Uh, it's like this bear comes out of them. Uh, because why? We want to protect our children. And believe it or not, our culture today applauds uh, families and applauds uh, mom and dad for protecting their children. We're applauded. Uh, you know, yes, that's what we want. You need to protect your children. And, and sometimes we can be a little overprotective. Am I right? You ever see these kids? I mean, they put, you know, a uh, helmet on, elbow pads on, the whole thing, and, you know, mouthpiece just to go get the mail, you know? And that's just... <laughs> Like going to the mailbox. I mean, come on. You know, all of these things happen and we're, 
we're protecting our children. But is it something today that when we begin to try to protect the minds and the hearts of our children, that people say you're overprotective? When we're trying to protect the inside, are you hearing me? Because God calls us to protect our family, not only them from physical harm, but to protect the purity of their heart. Because how many understand there is a spiritual enemy? The Bible says Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There is a mission. We have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan that wants to destroy our lives and doing every kind of strategy to destroy the innocence of our children, destroy every family that he can, divide every marriage, anything that he could to poison and divide the home today. And so when I look at the scripture, blessed are the pure in heart, the Bible says you're blessed when you have a pure heart and you'll be able to see God. Now, I'm going to talk about the payoff of having a pure heart, being able to see God, but I want to talk about what is it to have a pure heart. Now, first of all, when Jesus is talking about the heart, he's not actually talking about the physical organ. He said, blessed are you that have a clean heart, although you should have a good clean organ. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about the cardio because that's where the Greek word for heart is cardio, where we get cardiac. And he's talking about the heart as a metaphor. He's using the heart and saying that our heart is our attitude, our motives, our thought life. And he's saying, blessed are you that keep a pure heart, that keep your heart pure, that keep your mind pure. And he's talking about morally, ethically, all of these things that apply to our hearts. He says, blessed are you, or blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And it's common many times to to look at people, and we often say, that person has a good heart. You ever heard that expression? That person has a good heart. You know, I, I know I know that guy, you know, he cusses out people now and then, intimidates people, scares people. But, you know, he's got a good heart, right? Or, you know, you ask that girl and she goes, oh, yeah, I'm dating that guy. I know he's not a Christian. You know, he smokes weed all day. He lives in a van. Uh, he's an atheist. But, you know, he's got a good heart, right? <laughs> and, and here's the thing about it. There's no such thing as having a good heart because without Christ, none of us have a good heart. Can you say amen? None of us have a pure heart. In fact, if you really want to get down to it, our hearts are really diseased by a lot of things. Look at what it says in Jeremiah 17. The heart is deceitful. It's a liar above all things and beyond cure. You can't even cure the thing. Who can understand it? And it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and I examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct. In other words, what comes out of your heart will begin to be displayed in your conduct according to what their deeds deserve. So Jeremiah is very clear that the heart is deceitful. It's beyond cure. In other words, there's nothing that we can do in our power to cure it. And the scripture is clearly saying that the heart is the Lord searches the heart and God does an investigation on the heart. He's testing the motives of the heart. Now that's the Old Testament. Look at the New Testament when Paul talks about the heart. It really gets deep. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18 it says, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them. What do 
to the hardening of their hearts. The reason why their hearts are darkened is because they harden their hearts to God. Having lost all sensitivity, this is a heavy scripture. They have given themselves over to sensuality, so to indulge in every kind of impurity. I mean, all kinds of impurity. And they are full of greed. They're selfish and greedy. So Paul is saying that these people are not of the faith. That these people have allowed themselves to drift. They are darkened in their understanding. They are ignorant even of what they're doing because it's due to their hardened heart. In other words, their heart has become so darkened that they're separated from God and they don't even realize it. They're so out of tune and out of alignment with God that they don't even know how darkened their hearts are. Now, how many of you have ever walked into the movie theater, a dark movie theater, and you have to kind of like, whoa, it's dark in here, you know? Watch the popcorn, the one that you snuck in and all that, and the candy and all that that you smuggled in. But anyway, you walk in, and and your eyes kind of have to adjust, am I right? Because you get in, and you go, whoa, it's like darkness hits you. But after a while, what happens? You get used to the darkness. Your eyes adjust. At first, the darkness was like a shock, like, whoa, man, I, uh, you know, I, I can't see anything. But after a little while, your, are, your eyes begin to adjust. You become accustomed to the darkness. Are you hearing me? Now, I'm going to get somewhere. This is why the scripture says, having lost all sensitivity, they given themselves over to sensuality, it says, as to indulge in every kind of of impurity this pretty much describes our culture today they've lost sensitivity what it's saying there is they've lost the sense of right and wrong they've lost the shame of it is what it's saying it says our culture basically had given itself to sensuality in other words whatever they want to do there's no restraints indulge in whatever they want and it's not only in people's lives but even in families and in and in marriages you're seeing people adjust to the darkness that is coming in their own family you have to be careful today that we don't allow things in our family how many of you would ever just say you know fill up a bottle with rat poison and give it to your baby you wouldn't do that right you wouldn't you wouldn't tell you wouldn't tell your children hey go jump in the pool you know full of acid you're not going to do that none of us would do that but yet when we begin to think about the things that we let our children we give we give our 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 our, our teenager 14 year old 13 year old kid a mobile phone and they have access to everything that you wouldn't, you wouldn't even, you don't even, you would never even want them to see. But yet they're going to bed and they have access to everything. Stuff that you wouldn't want them to look at. And, and, and some of you, you know, you, your daughter's 15, 16 year old dating this 18 year old kid with a testosterone level that you have no idea how high it is. You haven't even met that guy. Why would you let your, 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 your daughter go with that guy? Um, I told you it was going to get a little hard, right? How, how about the things that we watch and, and, and get entertained by? Honestly, all of these things. Could it be that we've adjusted to the darkness? Could it be that our hearts have become hardened, that, that our, we, we've been darkened by all of these things? So we have to make a decision today. 
to have a pure heart. What is going to make a difference? What, what are we going to do to make a difference? There's got to be a mind shift. There's got to be a, 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 a way of thinking that has to change. And many of us this morning will say, well, I'm a Christian family. And, and that sounds good, but I want to just tell you, it's not being a Christian family. You need to be a Christ-centered family. Christ needs to be the center of your home. Because I, I, I talk to people all the time, yeah, you know, uh, we're a Christian family. Do you know that 70% of Americans say they are Christian families? And if you watch them, they're, they're not Christ-centered at all. How many times you oh, yeah, we're Christians. We're a Christian family. What does that mean? Because I'm going to tell you, if it's not Christ-centered, it's not very Christian. There is a big difference in having Jesus in the center of your home than just having Jesus as part of your home. Is Jesus the center of your home? Is God the priority in your life? COVID is revealed. Can I be honest with you? Who the center of the lives of people are. Who the center of those families are today. Can I just be honest? Some people are not as committed as they were before COVID. To the things of God, to Christ, any of those things. Because they were a Christian family. They weren't a Christ-centered family. I told you I was going to preach a little harder today, okay? So I'm talking about a pure heart. Look at what the Bible says, Psalm 119. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? And it says, by living according to your word. He said, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray away from your commands. So the Bible is saying, how can a young person, that's a good question for young people here today. How can you basically stay pure? How can you walk this path of righteousness? How can you survive in this world of temptation? How is it going to happen? And I'll tell you what the culture will tell you. The culture says, follow your heart. That's stupid. Can I just be honest with you? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Follow your heart. You know how contaminated your heart is? You know how dirty it is? Just follow your heart. No, follow the Lord with all of your heart. Don't just follow your heart. I've seen people, they, they follow their heart right out of their marriage and into adultery. Oh, yeah, he's hot. You're a fool. Oh, she smells good. You're a fool. You're following your heart. You're a fool. Because I'm telling you, you got to follow the Lord with all of your heart. Oh, but God wants me to be happy. No, he wants you to be holy. He doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy, number one. When you're holy, you learn how to be happy. How can a young person keep their way pure? Live according to your word. In other words, align your life with the word of God. So you need to read the Bible. Some of you young people, you're ignorant of the Bible. You need to read the Bible. You're not going to just survive just coming to church. You're not just going to survive on Christian music. You need to read the Bible, get the word in you, so you can know what's required of you, so you can learn, get, get some conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I, I, you know, I love the emotion, the excitement, but Christianity is not emotion. It's faith. It's commitment to God. A lot of people live on emotion. 
But it's, it's going to take some commitment if you're going to make it. He said, I will seek you with all my heart. And basically, he says, do not stray away from your command. So this is what the Bible says. I'm going to seek God with all of my heart. I'm going to seek his word, live according to his word. Because I'm going to tell you today, this is required not only as individuals, but I pray today that families today would have Christ in the center of their lives. Some, some of you are saying, well, I'm not married. I don't, you know, I don't have a family right now. I'll just do whatever I want to do. I'll sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. I'll smoke and do whatever I want to. I'm going to tell you what you do today matters tomorrow. What you do today affects eternity. You're building your future right now on the decisions you're making today. Did you hear me? You don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. You build your life of purity and you build your life of righteousness by planting seeds right now in your life as a single person. It says, how can a young person stay pure? By living according to your word. So let's acknowledge maybe. Let's just, can I just, can we be honest today? Let's acknowledge maybe, perhaps in our homes, in our personal life, we've grown accustomed to some of the darkness in our lives. And we've allowed some of that in our lives today. And instead of being a Christ-centered home, we've allowed some things to come in. So I'm going to give you some practical things. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give you three things today that we need to be intentional and deliberate about. Because let me tell you something. You're not going to get a pure heart by accident. You're not going to just stumble and say, oh, wow, you know, it just happened. No. Your, your kids aren't going to learn how to serve God by accident. I don't know. They just started serving God. I didn't do anything. No. It, the way you live and the example you set is going to make impact on the kids that you have. It's not going to happen by accident. So number one, get your own heart right. Turn to someone and say, he's talking to me. You wanted to say he's talking to you. No, he's talking to me. Talking to me. Get your own heart right. He's talking to me. That's right. All of us. God's talking to us about our heart. I don't care if you're 16 or, or, you know, 66. It doesn't matter. It applies to all of us today. Look at what the scripture says in Proverbs 4.23. It says, above all else, guard your heart. Put a guard on that thing. For everything you do flows from it. So Solomon is saying, one of the wisest men that ever lived, he says, if I can give you any kind of advice, my best advice to you is guard your heart because everything flows from it. So if we're looking to learn how to live, how to behave, how to raise our family, if we're looking for what's going to influence our family, what we're going to read, what we're going to watch, what kind of entertainment we're going to have, what what kind of friends we're going to have, who's going to be close to us, what we're going to feed our mind, what our thought life is going to be. Uh, we need to guard our heart and realize all of these things are affected by it. And I'll just say this. Uh, a lot of people will say, not only follow your heart, but say, let your conscience be your guide. That's another stupid thing. I'm going to be honest with you. Because your conscience can fool you too. In fact, the Bible says in the last days, Many people's conscience is going to be seduced by the culture. I'll, I'll read you the scripture, 1 Timothy 4, 2. It says they're going to be speaking lies. Uh, these people will speak lies disguised with truth. And their conscience will be seared 
with a hot iron. Why? Because it's important what we allow in our life and what influences we have in our life. You know, some of the biggest influence are your friends. Did you know that? We'll be talking about friendship Sunday, next Sunday. But, really, but you need to be careful who your friends are. I'll say it this way. Show me your friend and I'll show you who you are. You are who you hang out with. You can't separate the two. You are, you are the average of your five closest friends. The people that you hang out with basically identify who you are. Look at what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 15, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Another version says associating with bad people will ruin decent people. It will ruin you. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men, what? Will be wise. Hang around with some wise people. He said, but a companion of fool, of fools will suffer harm. You don't have to even be a fool. All you have to do is hang around with fools and you're going to suffer harm. How many know fools attract the wrong thing? You ever been around somebody? They just attract the wrong stuff and then you get it sucked into it. You ever had friends like that? I had friends like that. No matter where we went, we were going to get in a fight. Somebody looked around. I was like, what happened? Oh, man, he's going to fight this guy. We all have to get involved. Oh, man, all this, this guy looked at him wrong. It's like, you know what? Every time I'm with that guy, he's fighting somebody. Every time I hang around with this, the bad things happen. Every time I'm with that guy, there's, there's bad things that are happening. I realized I need to stop hanging around with that fool. Am I right? I need to stop being with that guy. And you need, to, you need to think about that. Who are you hanging around with? Who's your greatest influence? Because I had to learn when I first became a Christian. Can I just preach this morning? When I became a Christian, uh, I, as much as I love my friend, there were some friends that I just needed to get away from. Especially when I first became a Christian. They were too much of an influence on me. And I had, to, I had to get away from those. I had to cut some people loose because their influence was just too great on me. And it's not like we went around and beat up people. But whenever I got hung around with, we just end up doing dumb things. Sometimes we do the thing just for laughs. Oh, that was a good laugh. Yeah, but we did a lot of harm to people. And, and we did some things that weren't right. And I needed to get away. Now, I'm not saying today that... Uh, we, we cut out loose all of our friends because we need to reach them for Christ. We need to preach for them. But you can't allow the negativity to influence you. You need to influence them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to be the influencer. So I realized at that point, I needed to cut some of those people loose in my life because they were a bad influence. Oh, can I just get a little d- deeper today? I had to cut loose some of my music. Because some of the music I listened to took me back to some places where I didn't want to go back to. Took me back to some bad memories. I know none of you are affected like that. I'm just talking about me, my heart, okay? Back then we had records and albums and cassettes. I know some of you kids, what is that? We, we, we would get rid of all of that stuff. I got rid of a lot of stuff. I know CDs, all that stuff came later and Spotify and the whole thing. But there was some music that I was just not going to be able to, even to today, I still don't listen to certain things because it takes me back to a time where I was lost, and it takes me back to memories of sin that I don't want to highlight. I want to highlight the goodness of God. I want to highlight the presence of God. Some of you, man, those oldies are torturing you, man. They're torturing you. They're killing you. You know, sitting in the park, honey, you've been sitting in the park for a long time, and you're going to sit in depression if you keep listening to that song. 
I'm just saying. I'm just, okay, I don't know. I, maybe someone needed to hear that. So again, if you're a sheep, listen to me. If you're a sheep and you feel comfortable in a pig pen, then maybe you need to think about maybe you're becoming a pig and you're not a sheep anymore. Do you feel comfortable hanging around people who are constantly swearing, cussing out people, getting drunk, whistling at women? Maybe you become one of them. See, you need to examine yourself. Have you become accustomed to the darkness? Find some wise people that serve God. Find some wise people that are in alignment with God that will be a good influence on your life. That will keep your heart pure. Somebody say amen. I told you I'm going to get harder. What about some of the movies that we watch? Dropping F-bombs and all these different things. Ever gone to, uh, to movies with people in church and all of a sudden they're doing this, somebody getting raped, all this stuff, and you're going, my God, I paid money for this? And I'm with people in church? This is just, this is not feeling good. This is, this is not bearing witness with me. Why everybody doing it? Let me quote your mama. If everybody goes off the cliff, are you going to do it too? I'm, I'm, again, I'm just saying. See, if there's conversation that are impure, God convict me. If there's things that, are, that I'm watching that are not good for me, God convict me. If there are things in my home that are impure, God convict me. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 139 verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Cast me. And know my anxious thought. Point out anything in me that offends you, it says. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Look, look at David's prayer. David's prayer says, God, I give, you, uh, I give you permission to put a search warrant out in my heart. You know what they do when they do a search warrant in your house? Don't raise your hand. But they ransack your house, right? Holy Ghost, ransack my heart. I, I, I'll allow you to come in and ransack every chamber. Come in and search it out. If there's things that are, don't belong there, if there's some unrighteousness or impurity there, God, remove it, Lord. Even if things I'm not aware of, uh, God, uh, do a search warrant in my heart. Test my thought. If anything offends you, God, uh, remove it out of my life. How many know that ought to be a prayer? God, if I got some relationships that are not healthy for me, God, get them out of my life. Well, some of you just got, you got quiet when I said that. If I got some things wrong in my heart, get them out of my life. The second thing, are you ready? I'm going to move on to the next one because I feel like people are ready to stone me. The second thing, if you're a parent, again, I'm talking about purity in our own personal heart, but I'm talking about how do we... How do we have a pure heart in our family? How do we get our family to have a pure? So we need a parent to the heart. And I'm going to explain that to that uh, to you. Parent to the heart. No, most parents, we parent to actions, but we don't look at the motives of our children and what's going on in our children's heart. We're parenting to the action and not to the heart. I'll give you an example, uh, a cute story of a little boy who was acting up and he was running around the house and he was jumping from couch to couch, finally the, his mom said, honey, that's it. I had enough. And she put him in the corner and she said, I want you to sit there and stare at the wall here for the next 10 minutes. And so he, he, was, he was sitting in the corner, but then he stood up. She goes, no, I want you sitting down. Don't stand up. And so a few minutes later, he stood up again. 
And so she finally went over there and put her hand on his shoulder and sat him down. And she goes, if you don't sit down, you're going to be more in trouble. Sit down. And so that little boy sat down. And as she was walking away, he goes, I may be sitting on the inside. He goes, on the outside. He goes, I may be sitting on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up. (laughs) Isn't that like you and I today? We're so rebellious. On the outside, we may be smiling, but on the inside, I hate you. On the outside, we may be showing good behavior, but on the inside, it's all corrupt. Am I right? See, we can modify the outside, but what about the inside? We're not talking about behavior modification. We're talking about heart transformation. Can can you say amen to that? The Bible says this. Look at how God looks at things. When Samuel wanted to anoint the next king, he was looking at the outside of the person. And this is what God tells him in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him, says the Lord. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at what the outward appearance, but what? The Lord looks at the heart. You know, God's always focusing on the heart. He doesn't focus on the outside like we, you and I do. He focuses on the heart. In fact, in the Old Testament, he says, do not murder, right? Do not, do not kill. Do not murder. But Jesus said, if you hate someone, you murdered someone already. He looked at the heart. The Bible said, do not commit adultery. In the Old Testament, it talks about not committing adultery. But Jesus said, you know what? If you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already. So Jesus deals with all the hypocrisy of people. So if you come here today, I've called you a murderer. I've called you an adulterer. I've called you a hypocrite. Welcome to Reach Church. No, I'm just, what I'm saying, I'm just, I'm being honest today. I'm being honest today about the heart, right? God looks at the heart and he's concerned about the heart. In fact, last, a couple of weeks ago, when I talked about the introduction of the heart, I talked about how the Pharisees were all concerned about the outside. They were professional hand washers, weren't they? They knew how to clean on the outside. And Jesus said, man, you clean the outside of the bowl, but the inside is dirty. He said, you're like, you're like manicuring the outside of the grave, but inside the grave is dead men's bones. He said, it's not the outside that counts. It's the inside. So when we're working with our kids, don't settle for outward submission. Think about what's going on the inside of their inward rebellion. Because many times our kids, they may be saying things on the outside, but you know what's going on in the inside is not in the same. How many of you ever had, if you have a few children you, you, or, or, you know, you have one of your chi- children and they've done something, they hit that person, you go, go apologize to them. And they go, I'm sorry, you big baby. And they go back, right? <laughs> and that, they, they did what you told them. But you know, from the heart, they didn't mean it. Am I right? Oh, you're just the big baby, you know. And, and so they'll say things like they'll apologize on the outside or, or you know, uh, you're not going to the movies. I hate you, mom, you know. And so that's not acceptable. Why? Because they didn't go to the movies, but they're expressing what's inside their heart. So you need to find out the why. 
instead of just the what. The what is what we want them to do, but the why is why are they doing the right act? That's why, can I be honest with you? That's why when kids turn 18, they leave the house and they go crazy. Because they had outward, you had outward submission, but you never had their heart. Because you parents didn't parent the heart. You parented the action. Can I tell you, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm not saying I'm a professional parent, but I've watched them parents, and I'm, I'm watching, I'm going, that, I, I could tell that kid did not mean it from his heart. And this parent says, see, he did that. I'm going, are you really falling for that? Because I, I, I'm not even his parent, and I can tell he didn't mean that. As soon as you turn your head, he's going to go do something else. As soon as you turn your head, he's doing the outward appearance. But you're not parenting the heart. You're not trying to parent the motives. Are you with me? Now, I can tell you today, my parents were not perfect. When I was growing up, my parents were not even believers. And and I can tell you many times, uh, we did a lot of outward things just to please them. Thank God, believe it or not. Thank God I had some brothers, man, that would just wise me up a little bit. Because I would be mad, like, how come they don't let me hang out with these guys? How come I, I can't hang out with those friends? And, and I would be mad at my mom and dad, like, you know, uh, I had to tell them where I was going. I'm 16 years old. Why do I need to tell you where I'm going, you know? I need to tell them when I was going to get home. Why do I need to tell you? And I would be all mad. And my brothers, thank God, I had older brothers that would say, because you got parents that care about you. That guy's parents don't care about them, but your parents care about you. They say, you don't go hang out with them. You know why? My brother would tell me, because you're not supposed to be a follower. You're supposed to be a leader. And you have influence on your little brother and your cousins. Why do you need to listen to your parents? My brother said, because your dad gets up at five in the morning every day to provide for you. So you need to start obeying them. Boy, that wise me up right away. I started realizing, you know what? The motive of why they were helping me had something to impact on my life. If I haven't offended you that yet, I'm getting there, okay? I'm, I'm, uh, 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 if I haven't made you uncomfortable yet, I'm getting there, okay? I'm just saying to you, God wants to challenge us about having a pure heart. Now, I'm going to hit the last one. Is this okay? After la- the last one is this today. Again, we need to learn how to have Christ-centered homes. Christ-centered homes. And I'm going to say this, we need to pursue perfect purity of the heart. Now, a lot of you guys are saying, perfect? How can we be perfect? What does that mean? The word perfect in scripture means complete, full-grown, mature purity. What we need to be pursuing is mature purity, full-grown purity, We need to raise the standard. Are you hearing me? We need to raise the standard. Not just partial, but pure and mature, full-grown purity. Look at what Paul the Apostle said. This is very, very important what he said in Ephesians 5.3. But among you, there must not even be a hint, not even a hint of sexual immorality, of any kind of impurity or of greed, Because these are improper for God's holy people. He says, not even a little itsy-bitsy thing. Because if you allow a little itsy-bitsy thing in your life, it contaminates the whole thing. So we come over here today, and we got this big bowl of water. And look how pure, look how clean it is. I mean, it is Paramount water, but it's still pure there. (laughs) 
just just imagine with me you can we can see right through it I think we can but isn't it amazing how I could just put one drop maybe maybe we'll put two drops just a little drop of food coloring in here that's just one drop okay just one drop and it begins to fuel everything and then I put on just two drops and look at that it's beginning to just fill this whole thing maybe I'll just put three drops three drops in this thing right here and what's going to happen all of a sudden look at that it begins to darken it all of a sudden it begins to fill this whole thing all of a sudden you begin you begin to see it it begins to spread around let's put let's put four drops do I need four drops we'll put four drops basically four drops when we begin to think about how quick things get contaminated in our life all it takes is a few drops of things in your life that you allow a few open doors and it begins to contaminate your whole life look it's already getting darker and darker and before you know it it's filled your home it's filled your life you've allowed some things in your home you're watching and looking at images you shouldn't be looking at. They're impure. They break your wife's heart. You're allowing things in your home. You're doing things you shouldn't be doing. We're talking about purity today. If you're a young adult here today, keep it pure. You say, well, you know, I fornicate here and there. Can I tell you something? It's impure. You're contaminating your life. Well, I, I'm flirting. Look, at now it's turned pretty black. It's getting darker. I'm flirting with some people on Facebook. I'm telling you, you allow, you allow some of that impurity in your life. That little flirting is going to turn dark. I've seen it over and over again. Not even a hint is what Paul the Apostle said. Of any kind of impurity is what he's saying. Because what? It contaminates everything. And so how are we going to keep our eyes or our lives clean? How are we going to keep our hearts pure today? We can't open the door to anything. Let the Holy Spirit be the one that guides you. Let the Holy Spirit put a guard in everything that we do. Now I'm going to just say this today. The Bible says this. That those that have a pure heart, well what? They will see God. Imagine if you can see God answer prayer in your life. Imagine if you could see God in your home, in your life, making a difference. If you could see the goodness of God in your job, in the lives of your children, because you put a guard. You said, I'm going to have a pure heart in my home. I'm not going to mess around with all of these things. I'm not going to open doors here. I want our home to be pure. I want our home to be holy. I want our home to have the presence of God. I said, we want our home to have the presence of God today. How can we do that? I believe God wants to put a new spirit, a new heart in us. Look at what it says, Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Listen today. If you're pushing back on what I'm saying this morning, maybe you've gotten a hardened heart. Maybe you've become accustomed to some things. But the only way God can give you a new heart is you've got to be willing to say, God, give me a new heart. God, here's my old heart. Here's my heart full of hardness and darkness. And God, give me a new heart. Clean, clean my heart, God. Clean it up. 
God, I repent. Lord, convict me of things that I've allowed in my life uh, that I've become accustomed to. And let me raise the standard of righteousness in my life today. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, today that you're the one that cleanses our heart. You're the one that purifies our heart. You're the one, God, today that helps us, God. We can't do it in our own, God. We need you to change our hearts. Give us a new heart today. But if you're in this place today, right now, somebody brought you here. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you came on your own. Can I tell you, the Bible says that all of us are sinners. For there's none righteous, not even one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have the same disease, and that's sin. The Bible says the wage of the sin is death. It destroys, it corrupts. There's none righteous, not even one. All have gone astray. The Bible says our heart is filled with sin, and the only one that can forgive us, the only one that can cleanse us from our sin is Jesus. He's the one that can clean your heart today. He's the one that can get your heart right. Get your heart right with God today. Be honest. God's speaking to you. You need to get your heart right with God. And you know where it starts? By just acknowledging and say, God, I need you to change my heart. I need you to cleanse my heart. I need you to forgive me of all my sins. Come in my life today. So if you're in this building right now, someone invited you, you came on your own. God wants to come in your heart and forgive you of all your sins. He wants to wipe away all of your sin today. And only he can do it. You can't do it on your own. We don't have the power. We need God's forgiveness. So if you're in this room right now, say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today. I need God to clean my heart up today. Raise your hand all over this building right now. Say, that's me. That's me. I need the Lord in my life right now. Just raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. Back there, several people. God bless you. Several people. Who else? Who else? God's waiting on you today. There's some of you right now. You're hesitating and you know God's speaking to you today. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Say, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. It's nothing to be ashamed about. About another person here. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else this morning? Just raise your hand. Say, that's me. Thank you back there. Anybody else? Anybody else this morning? Just raise your hand. If I didn't see you, just raise your hand real quick. Say, that's me, Pastor. Would you pray for me? Thank you back there. You put your hand down. Thank you. Anybody else? You haven't raised your hand already. And you're saying, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God to come in my life today. Friend, we all do. But it takes a commitment. It takes you acknowledging that I need, I need God in my life. We've all done it. See, there's one thing today. We can fool people, but you can't fool God. God knows your heart. God focuses on the heart. And today, he wants to come in your heart. Is there anybody else today? Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need the Lord in my life. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Is there anybody else? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you raise your hand, look up at me real quick. Look up at me. You guys mean that over there? You mean that? You mean that? Would you stand to your feet with me real quick? Just, I'm not here to embarrass you. Would you just guys stand real quick? And, and yeah, stand. Somebody else. Would you guys come right here? Would you guys come down right here? We just want to pray with you. Would you come? Several people are going to come with you today. Guys, come with them. Come on. Give them a big hand today. Why don't we all stand together? Why don't we all stand together? Just make your way down. I need some people to pray with them today. Pray with these folks right now. God bless you. Thank you for coming. 
Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. We're going to have some people pray with you guys. Is there anybody else? We're going to have some of these folks in this church. They're going to pray with you guys right now. Yeah, just come forward a little bit. Some more people coming. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just come. Just come. Just come. Pray with them right there. Lead them to the Lord right there. Just pray with them right there. Why why, why don't we just worship real quick as they pray. And then I want to really kind of challenge the congregation. We need to have a pure heart. How many would say amen to that? Now, if you want to have a pure heart, say, God, I need a pure heart personally. I need one in my family. I, I, I need a, I, I just need all together. I, I, need, I just need a, what is that, an overhaul, man. I, I, I need a heart transplant. That's good. A, a new engine, man. That, that's what I need to do today. I want you to come to the altar right now. Come right now. Go, on, go ahead and lead us in worship. Just come. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.